All right, so thank you very much. I'm very happy to, to be here. Thanks so much to uh, Reem for all the hard work and for putting up with my hesitations. It's been an insanely busy time, I'm sure, for all of us, the work on Egypt. Um, and thank you to Dr. Mustafa Kanemisayev, who um, a little while ago was uh, my Fulbright advisor back in the day when I was doing dissertation research. So it's nice to see him again and some of several other people that I've been reading and never met. So um, the title of my talk, as usual, is Changed. Now we'll just call it Security, Territory, and Popular Sovereignty. Slight plagiarization of Foucault, of course, but don't worry, I won't reread Foucault for you. Um, so I'm going to be looking particularly at spaces and bodies in terms of drawing out some of the conversations we've been having around um, horizontalism and new forms of uh, space-based and autonomous um, political action in the context of the uprisings and revolution in Egypt. Um, I want to just note, since I'm meeting a lot of you for the first time, situate my work and myself. So I work on the subjects of police and military politics, particularly at the intersection of processes of international securitization, gender, class, and race embodiment, urban territorialization, and new forms of power emerging in the global south or at kind of semi-peripheral sites around the world. I use T-I-O-N at the end of every word, <laughs> because I'm kind of a constructionist, social constructionist, looking at processes rather than at facts on the ground. Um, I'm not going to read through all my publications, but just to refer to my work on police, space, and then the gender politics of uprising in the Middle East, of Cairo Cosmopolitan, Diane Singerman, the suspect element, which is about policing in Latin America, new subjects of urban space and bodies of policing, new racial missions of policing, which is an edifying that compares policing practices in regards to privatization, new forms of police capitalism, and racial formations in 12 countries, Global South to the Rescue, an edited volume I organized, focusing on humanitarian interventions, including the rise of the military in Egypt in terms of humanitarian intervention in the past, and privatization and humanitarian discourse in the present. Dispatches from the Arab Spring, which includes Adam uh, here and several other um, stellar participants. And then my article, International Feminist Journal of Politics, looking at, in new ways at the way the state produces the problem of sexual harassment, and, um, and the problem of, of uh, predatory male um, sexuality in the streets and how that connects with discourses of Baltagea and domination. Uh, article in Journal Middle East Women's Studies on masculinity and its discourse in the revolution. Um, Egypt on military and its history, Egyptian military's history, new forms of entrepreneurialism and global extension, and then work criticizing a gamut about new forms of popular sovereignty in Egypt and other places in the global south. And then finally my book, The Security Archipelago, Human Security States, Sexuality, Politics, and the End of Neoliberalism, coming out this October, and I'll be back speaking at um, SOAS and Goldsmiths <coughs> in Bristol in December about that. All right, so end of the product placements and into the talk. Mm. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about, um, the again, this question of horizontalism or new forms of what I prefer to talk about in terms of popular sovereignty and territorialization that have come up in the long um, uh, uh, generation of shifts that happened in Egypt since the 1970s leading to the moment of the Tahrir uprisings and the labor movements, social movements, and religious movements that we identify with the Egyptian revolution. So um, I don't want to go back through this history since a lot of it was referred to yesterday both on, by political economy specialists and the political sociologists that presented by Kilo Raouf and, um, and Adam. Um, but basically, you know, I want to look, instead of my project, basically in, in my articles in my book, 
Rather than using a lens of tracing liberalization during this period and privatization, um, I focus on different kinds of spaces of securitization. Not that I'm saying liberalization or privatization didn't exist, of course it does, but by using the heuristic device of focusing on securitization processes as they unfold in different kinds of infrastructure, embodiment, and social spaces, you forefront issues of gender and class in different ways, you forefront issues of morality, degradation, vulgarization, which are of course the primary themes of the morality politics of the uh, Islamic po politics, and you focus on a different history of, for, of violence and state processes. <coughs> so that's what I, in my book I talk about in terms of the end of neoliberalism, I mean the end of the heuristic device of liberalization as a framework for critical analysis, <coughs> and accepting the challenge of really theorizing securitization of large processes. So Egypt since the 1970s has been um, transformed by processes of securitization, of these kind of protection, racketeering, occupation, and re-territorialization processes that we all know something about, you know, the creation of enclaves, the extractive racketeering practices either by military um, industries or by local and transnational police and trafficker organizations. I lived for two years in Batmeya, and then say the Zainab, and worked in Basatin doing field work and other places in these informalized neighborhoods. You could see they were absolutely ruled by these kind of coalitions between Amna Dawla, local Shorta Dadeb, the vice police, and trafficking organizations from um, that connected to the Gulf and to um, Sub-Saharan <coughs> Africa. So looking at how those protection rackets formed, how different kinds of masculinity were cultivated within it, both within the police, within the military, and within the criminal organizations, gives us a very different view of liberalization. It certainly doesn't supplant that narrative, but it allows us to identify processes of space and embodiment that signify much differently. I think one of the reasons why the Islamist parties are so strong is that they do address those issues of degradation, embodiment, hyper-gendered, intense forms of experience of those forms of urban uh, public space and tension. But of course they depoliticize and moralize those questions rather than repoliticize and render visible and challengeable those processes of urban degradation and protection racketeering and co coercive, extractive, clientelistic power. So what I want to look at is then, if this is the narrative of transformation in Egypt in the 1970s, this kind of geography of uneven forms, of new forms of militarized infrastructure, new kinds of securitized space, new kinds of racketeering apparatuses, rather than liberalization or retraditionalization as a narrative, <coughs> then how do we talk about alternative politics that struggle within that to remake and reappropriate those terms for something more empowering? Um, so my language, you know, basically is something about popular sovereignty, taking some of the um, discussions that Baruf talked about yesterday in terms of creating new forms of popular ownership, but also, of course, the discourse of the Shah read the people want, but I also focus on the want part, which most people don't, the new forms of desire. New forms of desire produced by popular sovereignty. New kinds of desire, fear, even eroticism and vulgarity that I think are part of the Yurid, which is usually skipped over. So, securitization, <coughs> mentioned that a little bit, this kind of new geography of the period of liberalization, which I reframe as a period of securitization in particular ways, reoccupying space, creating new kinds of infrastructures, new kinds of subjects, which are highly morally destabilized, degraded, intensively gendered in these kind of um, uh, forms that are portrayed as vulgar and, and unstable. A whole net new, you know, the language of Baltagea, the language of, 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 of Sharamit, of Akhlaq, of of sexualized criminality, 
all is the kind of flip side of the retraditionalizing language of ethics and piety. So what we have basically, trying to go through this fast, what we have basically, as I see that during the Egyptian uprising, we have the explosion of a, res of a resistant form of uh, appropriating some of the um, local enclave politics that emerged during these forms of securitization, this kind of autonomization and splitting up of, of urban communities into self-governing enclaves during this period. We have an explosion of a reappropriation of those forms of autonomy as a new set of movements for popular sovereignty, focusing on, to put it simply, redistribution, kind of reclaiming of ownership over these new forms and resources and bodies of popular sovereignty, claiming ownership and redistributing away from the kind of enclave um, core of the security um, apparatus and the oligarchy redistributing this new geography of securitized space, the autonomous labor movements, the new politicization of Sufis and the Masbiro Kop movement, the youth and Muslim brothers, of course the anti-police movements from the ultras to the middle class, targeting directly the geography of policing, burning down police stations, forming their own committees, etc. This is redistributional coalition of popular sovereignty. Then basically the other side we have, which several of you have talked about, which I talk about in terms of a prerogative sovereignty versus popular sovereignty, an entitlement coalition based on either a kind of very narrow hypocritical notion of cultural religious entitlement or this kind of militarized notion of entitlement over the infrastructures of military and Saudi investment. And so this very much is the other coalition, um, which of course we now have seen um, some splits um, within this, but basically this holds together as the prerogative sovereignty versus the popular sovereignty coalition. So we, this kind of broke out into basically two dueling notions of sovereignty, one which focused mostly on the parliament, the other on what became the Tahrirists, which became identified increasingly with Baltageya themselves by the mainstream media. So we have this deadlock then between the two blocks and the, and the swing votes in the middle wondering if the more populist elephants of Salafiya are going to go against the military, if the youth and brothers will reach critical mass, if new redistributional politics like the new popular movement against the Saudi embassy and the Saudi elites are going to gain steam, and which will swing between these two different forms of sovereignty. So what I'm looking on in the next, the next year and a half is I'm trying to map and theorize the new kinds of local politics. I think what, to avoid the question of whether I'm optimistic or pessimistic about the Egyptian revolution that everyone asked. Instead, I focus on how messy it is and how much deeper and how much more appropriated by working classes and popular groups and neighborhoods the revolution has become, both in Cairo and way you know, into in, in every part of Egypt. Of course, the, the uprising began as a national uprising up and down the, the country, but its, its politics has spread farther than I think most people ever would have expected into popular neighborhoods, into popular discourse, into working class forms of uprising and organizing, into all sorts of new forms of creative expression. So I think what people understand as a lack of control, a lack of predictability, or sometimes the messiness of the revolution, I think is because, again, it has gone much farther into becoming a truly popular, radicalized, vulgar process of uprising, which is very interesting because it means it's being owned by the popular classes in a way that um, makes it much more interesting but much harder to theorize. So we need to look into this, these kinds of uh, vulgar forms of, and vulgar I'm using as a kind of critique of the discourse of Ashwaya, the discourse of Baltageya, um, 
uh, not, of course, as my own framework. So we talked about this a bit, um, which I don't have too much time to go into the details, but this came up a bit yesterday. Here's kind of the first wave of political theorizing about how to deal with these forms of popular sovereignty and local embodiment mobilized in the, in the wake of the revolution. A kind of pragmatic rationalist like Asif Bayat, who talks about the quiet encroachment of the everyday, talk about kind of apolitical non-movement movements. Um, you know, someone whose work influences me greatly, but I, I in, the, in the end, think it's embrace of everything that's pragmatic as a form of anti-political politics kind of dodges the question of power in politics and looks more at survival than at politics. Romantic horizontalists, which we talked about yesterday, and I wish John were here to, to look at me smugly now and, and so I could uh, tease him. But anyway, the, the horizontalists, this, under, this, this hard negri perspective, which imagines kind of a network form. I'm going to critique that more extensively in a minute. Uh, the, the Spartacists, the kind of those that, that focus on the very masculinist um, teenage, adolescent politics that are very aggressive, very celebratory, very powerful and visible, but also we don't raise the questions of, um, as, as uh, was raised yesterday, their, their connection to right-wing forms of populism, possibly in the future, their, of course their masculinism. I was spent a lot of time in the ultras occupation near the interior ministry and um, they had removed all women ultras from the group and they had a very specific paternalistic, junior paternalistic view of how to control space. We need to look at that. And then worker institutionalists, of course, the, those that have, such as Marie here, have provided a lot of insights into new forms of labor organizing, which provides a, a model of localism, much as we've seen in Argentina and other places like that, which can be a really interesting lens for future work. However, I want to critique some of the trends that these have in common because um, I think we need to go beyond these kind of localistic um, and, 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 and agency-focused approaches to horizontal politics because of what they leave out. Um, for one, I think they really, despite the fact that many of these come from the left, most of them have a very under-theorized and thin notion of class. Um, I'm not saying that if you work on labor, you have a thin notion of class, but by focusing on labor, that's only one aspect of class politics. The politics of how class is policed and embodied, demonized in popular culture, how fear and desire is cultivated around the body of gendered um, classed bodies is not reducible to their function as workers. So that's something that's much larger that has to be addressed in terms of their how embodiment meets with space, meets with coercive practices, how it's marketed, how desire is produced around it, all those things that labor politics can't include. So the left focus on class in the Egyptian Revolution, focusing on poverty, bread riots, marginalization, labor, has missed what's the most important thing, I think, and that was the degradation of certain forms of embodiment, which is essentially a gendered process. The right focus on class, meaning the conservatives focus on class, focuses on, does focus on the right things from my perspective. They focus on degradation, they focus on the violence of the body, they focus on the harassment of the body, they focus on the lack of uh, a kind of reliable public contract in which gender and, and the body and territory can be protected. However, the problem with the conservative religious discourse on these things is that, of course, they depoliticize and moralize those questions launch them into the realm of essential, eternal religious tradition, etc., or gender identity. So I think the reason why the right has won so much in, in Egypt in elections is because they do focus on the true problems of securitization, the body, instability, threats to the body, threats to morality, threats to the family, threats to space, but they 
take those politics out of politics and into morality. So the left, by not being able to deal with those issues in their kind of vulgar um, vocabulary, has lost out. So horizontalism then, class paradoxically, completely vanishes in the discussions of horizontalism. Gender completely vanishes, bodies and spaces completely vanish, and we have this kind of technophilic discourse of the network. Or as um, Andrea mentioned, you know, or who was it, Andrea? Mentioned the, the, the hydraulic, oh no, that was Mark, the hydraulic metaphor of fluidity. So, but we went through this 10, 15, uh, 15 or 20 years ago, I remember Asif Bayat himself wrote an article, it was very influential, two minutes, sorry, um, critiquing those who focused on creative entrepreneurial forms of non-political social movements. So um, we all have critiqued the discourse of creativity, the discourse of flexibility and informality, saying that by pretending to be outside the state, to be autonomous from the state, to be pushing the state away, that was actually perfectly in in um, league with the discourse of neoliberalism, the discourse of oligarchical concentration of power over the state, the discourse of abandonment of the social contract over the poor. We already went through this long critique, and now it has jumped back again. But the discourse of the creative cities, now the discourse of the horizontal, etc. So I think we need to get return to those critiques and start again. And my proposal then is instead of looking at horizontalism leaderslessness, I think this horizontalism is actually a symptom of neoliberalism and securitization and depoliticization. It is not a response to it. Instead, what is what is really, and if you look at Latin America, which I also study, you know, you can see the victory of the left in Latin America, of course, is about horizontalism, but of course it's about phenomenal leadership. You can't imagine a left without Lula and Chavez and Cristina in Argentina, etc. So we need to talk more seriously again about leadership, about massive mobilization against and around capital. So finally, I conclude, we need to move from an analysis of class as work to studies of embodiment, vulgarization, dispossession of bodies, moralization of bodies, hypervisibilization of certain bodies, which is always a gendered process, from studies of horizontalism to critical studies of sovereignty making and territorialization. But what I think is actually much more unusual about the Egyptian uprising is the way that it remade territory, and it claimed territory, and it remade bodies, and it empowered certain forms of bodies that before were seen as vulgar, which were seen as needing protection, but are now seen as assertive and owning their bodies and owning spaces on their own terms. That, for me, is much more radical than the horizontality of it. Um, and that's because of the historical context of space and, and the <coughs> embodiment that led up to these things. So, um, anyway, so I look at, you know, for future project we'll be looking specifically at social banditry around military <coughs> investment projects funded by, mostly by Saudi investment, um, pipelines, the Wedi Yadid, Tosh, um, Toshka, etc., that have been attacked by social bandits, again, remaking the territory of the city, and then I've already written some articles about these new kinds of Gada and Ma'alema feminism that have risen up to reclaim and protect certain kinds of spaces in different ways. Of course. Cultural rebellion was talked about a lot by Marwa yesterday, the Gafidi Harini. New popular committees are specifically a target of my, you know, doing a gender critique of popular committees in <coughs> popular areas. And then hopefully, you know, we'll begin without the myth of returning to neoliberal notions of creativity and horizontality. Instead, a new specific to Egypt set of political theories coming from these new forms of um, uh, embodiment and territorialization. So thank you very much.